tuned into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now. What is up, everybody? Welcome back. This is AJ. And June is a special month because it is Entrepreneur's Do-It-Yourself Month. So I thought it would be nice to highlight some Black-owned businesses. So today, you guys, I have the privilege of speaking to a vet in the music industry. Now, this young man I have here, he started with Atlantic Records to founding his own entertainment agency, which is the founder CEO of the IPO Group, which is Malcolm Manswell. How are you doing today? What's up? How are you? I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Yes. So I have to ask you because, you know, Juneteenth just passed. So did you do anything special to celebrate? Yeah. So I pretty much spent with my family. Um, we went to some of the communities and basically um, gave away food and stuff like that. There's a company out here um, that pretty much organizes a lot of the stuff. So we kind of just tagged along with them. Uh, hopefully next year we get to do something a lot bigger. And I'm glad that it's starting to become an official, you know, date for everybody. So I think that'll be interesting going forward to see what everybody kind of comes up with. So, yeah, no, that's definitely true. I know, true. I know New York just made it an official like holiday. So hopefully all the states can follow suit because that would be nice. So let's go ahead and get into it. Let's talk about the IPO group. So I know it's an entertainment agency, a record label, and a management firm. So it's like three all in one. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit more about the um, company? Yeah, so. What IPO stands for? Yeah, so IPO um, stands for Initial Public Offering, obviously a big play on um, the stock market and kind of, you know, going from public, I mean, from private to public. So it's kind of like the process of that, but it's pretty much, you know, if you have a stock or a company that you um, hear about early on or something like that, you want to invest in it um, before it gets big and the price goes up. So it's kind of like the same, the same, uh, I guess, system regarding that and kind of putting it into the entertainment business. So pretty much if you believe in the artist or entertainer before, you know, they get bigger, go public, then obviously you'll benefit from believing early. So that's kind of like our whole thing is just investing early, um, believing early. Um, so that's kind of like the makeup of it. And then it's split into three legs. So it's uh, the management firm, which pretty much is just management of artists and entertainers. Mm -hmm. um, the record label, which obviously distributes uh, records and, and stuff like that. And then we have an entertainment agency as well, which is in-house. Um, which stretches from like video production to any type of production, really marketing for other companies. It's so it's like a it's like a multifaceted, you know, leg of the company that kind of does everything in house. So okay. So I, I will say one thing I do like about what you said with your company is that you give talents a chance. Yeah. So I feel like um, with IPO, you believe in the creatives before their ideas and projects are presented to the public. So you kind of form them into being the superstars that become household names. Yeah, and that obviously, you know, we'll work with bigger artists as well, but the the core of the company is coming from, you know, the the people or talents that may not, you know, be big when we get mm -hmm. them or when we hear about them, um, but kind of hearing about them and believing in them to get them to that stage. So kind of utilizing what, you know, I've learned. We have a team of people who are really smart. It's people from like, Netflix, Airbnb, 
uh, Epic Records. So it's a, it's like a diverse group of like young people who kind of just, you know, help out with this because it's in such the beginning stages of everything. But I feel like everybody on the team has kind of like reached up on a professional level, very high level. So it's, it's interesting. We have calls every week. We distribute stuff. We manage artists and acts. So we're starting to just build the roster now. Um, it's kind of brand new, but it's starting to work out really well. So yes the stock went up i mean a price went up that's the slogan right right and, uh, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> i never yeah. like, i like that i like how you uh, connected it with the stock market like the website is real nice so so what's the website for everybody so they'll know yeah so the website is um the ipo.co um mm-hmm. and basically that's like our hub that pretty much will explain every aspect of the business and give you updates about what's going on mm-hmm. um so it's 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 more of like a record label management firm entertainment agency but then you know we'll have somebody on the team you know who was on the ground during the nipsey hustle um riots and procession so they took pictures so that can be found on our instagram which is just the ipo group but we have just like a very diverse team um and i'm really excited to see kind of you know going forward especially this year um how we start to expand everything uh, we're working on a Netflix series right now, which actually just got finished. So we finished the script for that. So we'll turn it in soon. Um, but yeah, it's a brand new company, but it's like everybody's at the top top of their game. So I'm I'm excited yeah. to see what kind of happens with everything. So yeah. The price is going up. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. for, real, so, for real, but like, okay, so who are some of the artists? Do you have any artists currently with the label right now? Yeah, so there, there's not... There's not any artists um, right now. We had an artist or a group from um, New York actually um, called Meridian Lights. They're like electro R&B. Um, so we helped them get to a certain point as well. Um, but we're gonna be signing a lot more artists um, mm-hmm. going forward. But we kind of wanted to get everything in-house set up first. So like publishing, we just got finished with ASCAP. Um, so we just closed that. Um, and there's just a little few like admin things that we wanted to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, the IPO group is kind of starting to get a name as well in the industry. Um, you know, we've been on plaques and stuff like that. So like with Yo Gotti's like put a date on it featuring Lil Baby, we we have a plaque for that. So it's like, it's kind of like we've been behind the scenes. So I'm excited to see what happens when everybody starts to find out, you know, what's been going on. Um, whether it's marketing that we've done or that I've done, you know, in tangent with my team on projects that I've been working on or whatever the case may be. Um, so that'll be exciting going forward for sure. Okay. So since you're at the forefront of the shifts and the trends in the music um, industry, what's popping nowadays? Like what would catch your attention for you to get somebody to come onto your label? Um, for me, I like, like, originality is huge i mean for me so i just took an an exec role back at a label a major label so i've kind of been doing that that's kind of like the day-to-day so now it's easier for me to you know bring people in on a major scale right away even though ipo is brand new Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just like it's good because we get to you know experience a lot of different things i'm learning a lot of stuff from the major labels again um from an executive standpoint this time which is definitely a lot better than you know, or a lot higher up than what I was dealing with at Atlantic, where I was just a marketing manager, which is still high because there was there was only two people on the West Coast in the whole office that were doing marketing at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but now it's more of like, you know, making decisions and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting dynamic, but I think <clears throat> for me, it's more, it's more about like, I, I can, I know how to get an artist to pop off and, you know, get traction and stuff like that. I think that's the part that we've kind of figured out now. So it's not really hard for me to get an artist going or like to get their career going. I think the biggest part is finding people who actually are going to stick with it or, you know, people that are really passionate about music or their music um, and about their craft too. And, you know, we like people that are kind of like self-sufficient and they, yeah. you know, just because we come on board and help out, it doesn't mean you just pass over all your stuff. So people that kind of make our jobs kind of easier. And this is how labels are too. They're not going to just sign people that just, you know, are like, well, here's my music and you guys got to figure everything out. Mm -hmm. the, the artists that have the most success are the ones who are on the PMs, the product managers or talking about PR, figuring out like, what's my strategy? What did y'all come up with for this? The ones who are pressing people. And I think, you know, Yo Gotti is one of the people that I've kind of learned from and saw how mm -hmm. he interacts with the buildings and the kind of just, you know, just learned from that. Um, just from being so up close with that situation. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's super important because I think for me, you know, you have to be unique and different and, you know, just kind of basically that's it. It's kind of just what do you bring to the table? Why should people care about your music over anybody else's? So the storyline is huge for us. Um, and yeah, it's just it, that's pretty much it when it comes to it's not a lot of guidelines. It's just more about how yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm yep dedication all of that okay right. so i know i just have to ask you because a lot of people are auto-tuning nowadays so like do we need real do they need to have that real talent or are we um, kind of auto-tune type of thing or yeah so for me let me know i might try to get on your rec label so i'm asking <laughs> uh, you know uh, laughing i got some talent a little bit okay shit send it over <laughs> there but um for me it's uh, none of that really matters as long as it sounds good and people are like I can see at least a connection. So like for me, it's like you could have a music video up right on YouTube right now and it could have 110 views on it, right? For me, I, I'm not really look, I'm not looking for the views. I don't really even look at views to see, you know, an upcoming artist, how much they've done or whatever the case may be. It's good, it's a good added effect onto it because obviously you want to sell stuff. But for me, it's more of a storyline. Mm. So like it, for example, there's this kid from Florida we're about to sign. I'm literally about to like go down there like next week. But mm -hmm. he has like this whole like vibe and the branding of his name helps us. So like long story short, I bought like a 800 number for his name and like fans can like call into the 800 number anytime mm -hmm. he's dropping something and it'll send you like a text message with all the links to Apple, Spotify, whatever. So it's kind of it's 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 every case is different so you know like it's it's just very case by case okay yeah. okay okay so you were with Atlantic Records you said you was the marketing management marketing manager there yeah okay um so I have to ask you so what was the company culture like um uh, with Atlantic Records being with all the Black Lives Matter movement going on yeah so the, um I mean I got there in 2017 uh I was there for like a year and a half uh, when I got there, I was on the West Coast. So I was in the LA office, which was, you know, a, li a lot different than the New York office. Mm -hmm. So 
I think in the New York office, it's more of a culture driven um, headquarters, but that's where the headquarters is. And I feel like, you know, the LA office was, was missing out on things that they were doing, or we were second to getting a lot of the information or whatever the case may be. But it was more, it was more so the vibe. And this is like with any record label, but it seems like the company cultures have kind of strived from being like, okay, you have to be in New York in order to excel in the business or learn about the company or, or move up in the company. It's kind of like New York, New York, New York, which mm -hmm. I think is starting to change now um, as people are realizing that most of the artists live in LA anyway. So it's kind of like, it's starting to change. But at first, when I first got there, that was a huge thing was like, they were trying to move me to New York and I was, I couldn't commit to that. So that was like how I even got my job in the first place was mm -hmm at the LA office, which was good because, you know, we're still dealing with all of the artists because they all live out there. So yeah, yeah, that was interesting. That was definitely an interesting part of it. Okay. Cause recently, um, I don't know if you're aware, but Gucci man, he tweeted some tweets cause he was with Elastic Records, of course. So one of his tweets, he's, he has since deleted them, but he had two tweets and one said he's leaving Elastic Records July 3rd. He said, these crackers are polite racist. And then his second tweet was like, he tried to urge all the other artists saying, all artists, let's go on strike. F these racist ass labels, burn them down to hashtag Black Lives Matter and all this stuff. So I don't know, like we everybody, he, he, he has deleted them. Now I do know that Gucci Mane, he has been with Elastic Records for a while and he has yeah. had, you know, he's done this before. I mean, he's apologized to say he was on. Um, on Codine or whatnot. So I don't know any type of comments you want to say regarding these tweets that he said about Atlantic Records? Um, I think that artists sometimes they, there's two sides of it. So I think there's a piece of it that he's trying to communicate in the best way possible. I don't know if that was the best way possible to do it. Um, but there's another piece where it's like you entered this contract, they, they've literally changed your life um, it we don't even know what you would have been doing if if it wasn't for this record deal. So it's kind of like, I think a lot of artists sometimes forget like the people that do believe in them early on. And it's a business at the end of the day. Like you have to be able to make money and, you know, you kind of play by the rules when you sign the dotted line because that's how it works. That's how, that's how the system works. Um, so I think he knew dealing with them before what was going on, because I know from personal experience, um, it's not like, you know, the CEO is black. It's not like the chief operating officer is black. So he's very close with these people and he works with them every day to, you know, through text or email or through his team. So it's not a surprise, it's not surprising and he's the one that, you know, kind of put himself in this situation. So mm -hmm. unfortunately, we only have like one black CEO in all of the music industry, which I think it needs to change. Um, I think it's kind of changing. Um, but I think, you know, the, I think the years of experience thing is kind of one of those places where that's how things used to work. And, you know, you needed years of experience to do that. But for me now, I think my relationships with artists have actually helped me tremendously. And so I think that's what people I think should focus on more um, is the relationships with the artists and the, 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 
the ability of the work that you're allowed to do and, and what you can bring to the table in a certain situation. I think, I think for me, I felt multiple times like I, my work was superseding everybody's in the building in terms of like what I was my department or what I was doing. Um, and I wasn't really getting the looks like that or, you know, I had to pass it off to another team member for him to turn in or her to turn in or whatever the case may be. So I think, I think the talent is there. It's either in the building already or it's very close by. And I don't think it's being celebrated as much as it should be. Um, and I think, you know, with this new role that I kind of stepped into, I think that's where I'm going to kind of get the flowers and stuff, which is really good because I feel like that's something that needs to be talked about more because a lot of people aren't doing that and, and they're not getting, you know, that type of recognition um, on those levels when really they're the ones behind the scenes pulling the strings on a lot of stuff. So I think for the Gucci man uh, stuff, I think, you know, he kind of knows, everybody kind of knows what you're getting into when you do that. Um, when you do sign a record deal, um, he's known these people for, for 10 years almost. So it's, yeah. it's, you know, I don't, I don't really know the situation or what happened, but all I can say is that, you know, he wasn't forced into this. And I can also say that Atlantic records just from being inside has tremendously changed his life. Um, not to say that he's, he doesn't have a valid point, but you know, you have to kind of take into consideration, you know, your battles and stuff like that. Is this a battle that you want to come back and say, are you going to come back and apologize and say that you were high or, you know, so you gotta, you just gotta be very strategic. Cause again, it's not like they're not going to hear about this. We're not the only ones talking about yeah. it. So somebody at Atlantic records got this. So that hurts your situation with them now. Cause you're, you're calling them crackers now. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is a, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's not helping you to, to tweet that and then delete it. Yeah. Uh, it's not like we're blind. Somebody's going to pick it up. So some one of the blogs probably picked it up. So yeah. I think you just have to be careful with that because, you know, you're still in the situation. You still are for the next three years or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. So utilize your relationships as best as possible. Well said. Okay. So speaking of black culture, I feel like, you know, black culture is undoubtedly the most popular form of entertainment throughout the world and everything. Yeah. And I think it's fair to say that the music industry exists because of us, because of black art. So do you think that the music industry has a responsibility to empower black communities? Yeah, I think um, we talk about this all the time, but there's been a lot of like, you know, articles about um, black executives coming together and, and doing a lot of this stuff. Um, to be very honest with you, uh, my experience with African-Americans in the industry hasn't been as positive as maybe some others. Mm -hmm. um, in my case, I've, I haven't seen anybody kind of champion me or, you know, a higher up executive reach back and really, you know, say, hey, this is the person that we need to do that. Um, other than Yo Gotti. I think Yo Gotti has kind of put his neck on the line for me yeah. in various situations. But in terms of corporate, I've only been hired by Jewish people, like Jewish, it's never been, and there's been opportunities and it just hasn't happened. And I think, I think it's the crabs in the barrel, you know, mm -hmm. situation where people are kind of like fighting each other and they, they kind of see threat. And whereas, you know, <clears throat> people not of color might, they might need me for 
you know, to, to communicate with an artist or to, you know what I mean? So it's, it's an interesting place. And I kind of, my experience doesn't really allow me to like really champion the whole thing, to be honest, because my experiences have been really bad. And I've had some people in some situations that have actually tried to set me back as opposed mm -hmm. to push me forward. So, you know, obviously with the times going on, I, I think for me, I want to see more um, black executives like myself to like, you know, push for actual unity, not just, you yeah. know, saying, yeah, that's what, like, I'll look out for you and stuff, but it's usually not those people that are the ones looking out, unfortunately. Unfortunately, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's only three major record labels in the world, so it's not, it's not crazy to, to see that, but I, I would prefer to, you know, have like a real change because I think it's a conversation that needs to be had. And I think, you know, black executives in general are just not, they're not helping each other like they could. Yeah. For me, I've always been the one to help what, no matter which color, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, you know, I think I've been the one to, to send an email on my behalf. Hey, you should check this person out. Or yeah. if I hear about a job, I'll, I'll say this person needs to be in this job and I'll, I'll reach out and send an email. It's, but it's simple stuff like that that isn't really happening as much as it could from our own community. Mm -hmm. And that's, I, I think that's a huge thing that's happening um, throughout the industry. And I've seen it a bunch of times. And you know, I think that's something that definitely needs to change. We definitely need to change from within before we can go out and demand all of this stuff from other people. And I think, you know, for me, my experiences, um, I think I maybe had one bad experience with somebody not of color, um, but it wasn't anything that was intentional or anything like that. I think it was just something, yeah. conversation that needed to be had. Um, but I've seen more detrimental stuff happen to me from, my own community than other communities, so. Yeah, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. I think I see it a lot with the entertainment industry just because everybody out to get their own, like. Yeah. This mentality, like, I, I need to get it, or, you know, they look at other people like, oh, that's my competition. Right. When it's kind of like, we can all work together to achieve the same goal. So no, I definitely understand everything you said. So you spoke a lot about your Gotti and how, you know, he's looked out. So what's, uh, can you explain more about your relationship with your Gotti? Yeah, so, so right when I left Atlantic um, Epic Records had reached out to me um, about a marketing executive role that they had and so I went and met with Sylvia Roan um, and her team and um, basically I met with one of his product managers at the time who was the SVP of marketing and she was like you should go meet with Yo Gotti he was signed to Epic at the time so she pretty much arranges for me to meet. I talked to them on the phone and then they wanted to meet. So then I met cause he was looking for somebody to head up marketing for his label for CMG, which mm -hmm. is Money Bag Yo, Yo Gotti, Black Boy JB, Black Youngster, and now 42 Doug. Um, so I went and met with them in the studio um, and they they liked me. So they, they hired me on spot. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much how it worked. I was head of marketing for CMG uh, for like a year, year and a half almost too. Um, and so that was me just interfacing with Yo Gotti directly, but he has so many different artists that are signed to different labels. So it's his stuff is Rock Nation and Epic. 
So I would be interfacing with Rock Nation, Epic on a regular basis for his stuff. Then you have Moneybag Yo, who's with Interscope. So then I would go and, you know, do marketing stuff with their product managers and help whatever we needed for that. Um, and then Black Youngsters with Epic. So it's kind yeah. of like it's, it's bouncing around, but it was good. It was really good experience to work directly for an artist of that magnitude at the time. Um, so that was a really good experience. But yeah, he kind of, like I said, he... He's one of the few people who kind of, you know, believed um, early on. I don't really like to explain myself. So if I feel like I'm explaining myself or like why I should be in the conversation for mm -hmm. the role or whatever, it's kind of like, you know, so the past couple of roles that I've had have been very, very instant, which I like because it, you see the value, you understand what I bring to the table and yeah. I don't really explain myself. So it's not four rounds of interviews it's not you know what I mean so it's been very quickly that I've gotten into these roles once I get into them so I think that's a big thing for us is kind of just believing in people um you know and seeing the value and, and letting them know whether it's through action or through praise that like that we need you for this or we we see or identify you as somebody who could help us with this so mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I know you had so much experience working with other record labels. So what led you into starting your own business? Oh, just learning the business, like learning, <laughs> learning about every single department. Um, it's crazy. IPO is actually an app. So it's like imagine a record label on an app where mm -hmm. let's say you work in PR, I work in marketing. Let's say we're both working Yogati and you turn in your PR stuff and I can see it on the app. And I do my marketing stuff and I, you can see all the updates and we kind of, we kind of strategize everything for like a project or something dropping straight from the app. So we're working on technology for that. Um, but I think it's going to be huge for the industry because there isn't, you know, a product management or project management app for the, the music industry that is up to date or up to par with what mm -hmm. is needed. So so um, what advice would you have for any college graduates that are new and wants to break into the music industry? Um, I would say do research. I think that's been my saving grace has just been doing research. And like, I'm not just talking about like two hours of the day, you go on the internet and find stuff, but it's like, it's all gonna come down to like your willingness and like what you're willing to do. but. For me, I'll, I'll do research for 15 hours if I have to, because it's just so important to me where it's like, okay, let's say I need to find out who's responsible for brand partnerships at Nike. Mm -hmm. Well, they're not going to have it on just the internet. You know, you have to go and find the person who's really responsible for this. So then you got to find out, well, who's the person? And you, you might do that for two hours. Then you got to find out the email format. Maybe you don't know the email format for somebody there. The, then you got to find that. Then you have to craft the email that would be something that they would open and be like, oh my gosh, this is, we have to do this. You know what I mean? So it's a process, but I think the research process and the, the outreach part of it has actually been the biggest part of my career has actually been figuring out who's responsible for what and directly going to them. Now, later on, once people hear about your work and stuff, it's kind of like, you get referred, but to, mm -hmm. to break in, I mean, I grew up in Maryland in the middle of nowhere. I don't, there was nobody who worked at Nike before I started working there. Like nobody, it, 
it just didn't I had to figure it out on my own so I think that was a huge part for me is like if you have a laptop you have access and I think that's one thing that people don't really take serious is the research aspect and the outreach mm -hmm. um yeah okay so um definitely agree uh, take advantage of your resources guys now you also have a shoe trading site sneaky uh, where people can buy trade and sell shoes online can you talk about that real quick yeah so that was like the first thing that kind of like launched me into like business was like sneaky um really just started off with me just posting like sneaker news and you know talking to people about sneakers or posting about sneakers mm -hmm. but then we built like a cult following um and it just blew up and like complex magazine listed it as like a top 25 sneaker company that's when like all the corporate stuff started coming in so adidas reached out nike reached out um and then i basically flew out to nike um they flew me out there and basically i was going to pitch my idea which it was an app at the time too but I was gonna pitch it to them for them to buy. So I pitched it. They loved the pitch, but they weren't actively acquiring companies at the mm -hmm. time. So they were like, would you come work for us? So that's how when I started working for Jordan Brand doing marketing was, that's really how it worked. Sneaky mm -hmm. blew up. I focused like super heavy on digital and social media and then that's how it worked. That's definitely dope. So, okay, um, so we're all about almost done now. I just have to ask because you are really hardworking and I just want to know really quick, like where does your drive come from? Where does all this passion come from? Um, I think it comes from, maybe I think the where it stems from would probably be me seeing how things are done at a top level and then realizing how attainable it is mm -hmm. and, like doing whatever it takes to get to certain levels of certain things. So, you know, for me, I loved sneakers at the time. So like I had to figure out like, how can I make this a like a, a profitable thing or something that I could, you know, benefit from instead of me just posting on Twitter about sneakers all the time. So just like figuring out along the way, I think, you know, the, the chase of, you know, going from zero to a hundred is, is really what drives me with everything, mm -hmm. you know? So for me, it was just that. And I think, I think back to your other point about what people can do um, to get into the industry or college students, I think it's about like figuring out a problem and then solving it and then presenting it to somebody who can help you, you know, get into that conversation mm -hmm. or, or whatever the case may be. So for me, Sneak Heat was a problem solver. That's how it, that's, that was the initial part of it. There's no safe way to buy, sell and trade shoes online. So I'll just make it. So like I was going to Baltimore at three in the morning to go trade shoes and my mom was like, you can't be doing this anymore. So I had to figure out, you know, quickly, like how can I make it okay? Or I'm sure this is a problem for everybody. Why can't we just, you know, do that on our own? But yeah, so basically just taking a problem in the industry and solving it and then presenting it in a way where either you're the all-encompassing person who can solve the problem or you have come up with a solution to solve the problem or you present it to a company of how they can solve the problem. So it's like, that's the process I kind of utilize okay. to tell people that are coming into in any industry really. Yes. 
Oh, okay. This was such a good, I like, I enjoy talking to you. I wish I can go on. Like yeah. you're very knowledgeable about everything and like your passion shows. And I feel like you just really, you want to help people, especially that you wasn't afforded that chance. Like people didn't do it to you. So I feel like you want to get an opportunity to people and help them reach their goals and just yeah. follow their dreams. So this has been so great. Um, um, before we end, can you tell people where they can find you out on social media? Oh yeah. Um, I'm on, Instagram, M-A-L-M-A-N-S-W-E-L-L. Um, so that's my Instagram. I'm usually on there. Um, yeah, mainly just Instagram, but yeah. And your website is theipogroup.com? Oh, no, it's theipo.co. Theipo.co. So everybody check out the website. Check out Sneaky. Check out his Instagram, you guys. Support Black businesses. Smart and he's dope and he's very talented in everything that he does. So guys, this is about this is our interview. So yeah, you can check me out on Instagram at Crimson Pearl, and I'll chat with you guys later. All right, see you guys. See ya. On behalf of our BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content. And be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet, and you can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined.